Welcome to the Generations United podcast, where we'll share insights from experts in the intergenerational field about how and why it's so important that we bring children, youth, and older adults together to improve our communities and our country. I'm your host, Donna Butts, Executive Director of Generations United. And today, I am delighted that we have as our guest, our good friend and hero, Washington Post syndicated columnist, Michelle Singletary. Michelle also serves on our advisory council for our National Center on Grand Families and has just been a tremendous friend and supporter. She emceed a grand rally for us, and she's spoken at a couple of events where we have grandparents and other relatives coming together. And I must say that they just get so inspired and feel so good about what they're doing when Michelle talks to them and is such an amazing role model. So I'm delighted that you're here today, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, I've loved your column for many years, and I just wondered if you could start to talk a little bit about how you became interested or starting decided to start writing about finance. Well, you know, I've always been kind of a money person, and it really was something that I picked up from my grandmother. She was an amazing money manager, given the few resources that she did have. And I just sort of sat at her feet and learned so much about money and just brought it right into my adulthood. And then when I began working for the Post, I was covering small business and banking. But all along, just, you know, talking to my colleagues about saving and bringing in lunch to work. And one of my editors at the time said, you know, you had to write about all these things that you've learned from your grandmother, these financial lessons. And this was back when business columnists were mostly talking about the markets or business enterprises rather than personal finance. And the column just took off because people finally felt like there was a voice that could speak to them about their money. And the first one was about my grandmother and what she taught me and how a lot of the information that I was going to give them over the time now, it's been many, many years, really started with this grandmother who just high school education but was masterful with how she handled her money. It's great. What I really appreciate is that your column is always so practical and so clear. It's so easy to understand and so easy to think about how people could implement it. So is that one of the lessons that you learned from Big Mama, from your grandmother? Yeah, you know, my grandmother was, she was an amazing person. She was very a very simple woman, but in her simplicity just had a brilliance about money management. I've interviewed the Fed chairman, I've interviewed business leaders, CEOs, I mean, big name folks about money but everything that I know of how to handle money and how my husband and I sent all three of our kids to college debt free came and started with this woman who just was so practical in how she handled her money, but in such a sophisticated way of always saving, no matter how much she earned or what she earned, she always managed to carve some up. So it's because of her simplicity that I wanted to bring that same thing to the column because people oftentimes criticize consumers about how they handle their money, they don't know this, they don't know that. But the fact of the matter is personal finance now is very complicated. There's a lot of stuff that you need to do. Things are constantly changing. You know, at a time where you had like a simple mortgage and a pension and social security, now there's 401ks and 403bs and Roths and it's very complicated. And I think people get overwhelmed. And I think I try to remember that and just the simple lessons that my grandmother taught me that are timeless. Different financial issues may change, but the 
basics. It's like basic math. One plus one is always going to equal two. And I just learned that from my grandmother, and I try to bring that to the column to let people know, hey, I'm with you in this. I'm on this journey with you. I didn't come from money, you know, came from low-income households. I understand the struggles that you're going through. My column has evolved as I age. Column's aging, so now I'm getting closer to retirement, so I'm writing more about retirement as I try to navigate that landscape as well. And just try to... I always try to remember my grandmother. What would she say? How would she say it? How would she communicate these issues? And just keeping the readers right there with me as I go along with these journeys. And hopefully they see their struggles in it as well. Sometimes when I read your column, I think that you hear your grandmother's voice. Do you ever feel that way when you're writing or when you're trying to think about how to frame something to share with your readers? I do all the time, especially when I'm fussing at people. (laughs) My grandmother (laughs) all the time and I fuss too I inherited it from her so I often enjoy some of my favorite causes when I'm like what in the world are you all doing why are you having these expensive weddings why are you paying money that you don't have to pay and I tend to sound just like her I mean but she knows she fussed but it came from a good place it wasn't just to belittle you, but just to sort of say, hey, I want you to have a better life. I don't want you to have to worry about money. I want you to be secure. And so often when I write, I do hear her because I just remember the things she used to say to me, like when you're like peer pressure to buy stuff that other people have. And she would always say, why do you care about what people want? They don't like you and you don't like them. So why are you trying to <laughs> dress to impress? And, you know? and I just try to pass on that, just the things that she said to me. I think that's so terrific. When I've seen you interact and talk to some of our grandfamilies or grandparents raising grandchildren, and I just see them beam because when you talk about the lessons you learn, the voice of your grandmother, it sort of reaffirms what they're going through right now because sometimes they're so doubtful and they're so concerned and they're caught up in all the struggles that they're facing every day. So I think that you really inspire them. Is there any other lessons or suggestions that you'd have for relatives who find themselves raising children? The one thing that I talk about quite a bit when I'm speaking to people is that when you're raising children that are not your own and you've got them, particularly a lot of grandparents are raising children because something happened. The child's parents either passed away or maybe got caught up in drugs or just had life struggles and just couldn't take care of the children. Oftentimes the grandparents feel guilty and they may overindulge the children because they feel bad that they are in this situation and they kind of feel sorry and almost apologize for not being able to provide for them in a way because they're not, many grandparents aren't prepared for this. This came out of the blue for them. So it's not like you saved to take care of your grandchildren. And so there's a lot of guilty spending. There's a lot of overspending. Or even if you don't overspend, you always feel bad about the fact that you can't give more. But I'll tell you, my grandmother never apologized for what she couldn't give us. Not one time do I ever remember her saying, oh, I'm so sorry I can't get you that. She's like, suck it up because this is what the situation is. You know, I can't buy you those sneakers that all your friends have. But look, if you do that, you will always be trying to chase behind people. And this is the life that God gave you. This is where you are. And just be grateful for what you have. I mean, we had food on the table. We may not have had a lot of extra food, but we had enough. We didn't have a whole closet full of clothes, but we had enough. Maybe just a couple outfits, but you wash them and then recycle them. And she never, ever felt bad about what we couldn't get or what she couldn't give us. And I think that's the message I want to tell grandparents because at the end of the day, what you provide to them the most is security and a place 
of refuge. And there's nothing in any store, no shoes, no sneakers, no Game Boys, no nothing that will ever make up for their missing parents. And so why even try it? Don't even try it. Don't worry about that. Don't overspend. Don't spend. Don't feel bad about what you can't give them. Just give them a lot of love and caring and make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they've got a place that they that they don't have to worry about where they're going to go. And that's really all they would. Now, having said that, it's not like they're not going to ask you. It's not like they're going to be tearful and, oh, my parents are gone because I know I did it. But my grandmother, she was like, okay, I don't have nothing to do with that. I tried to raise your <laughs> my mother's mother. I tried to raise her the best I could. She didn't do what I told her to do, so now you're with me. And she just was like, just stop that crime. <laughs> 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 and it may sound a little harsh, but it actually did work because I was like, well, you know, she's right. I mean, I could have been in foster care. Things could have been worse. And... I try to do that now as an adult. I try to pass that on to my children, and they're fussing about stuff that they don't have that their friends have. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, because even though we could afford to give them more, we wanted them to not be overindulged. And now that they're all going to college and they don't have college debt, they can appreciate that. So don't worry. Don't apologize for what you can't give them. Just appreciate what you have given them, which is security, which is priceless. It's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. I so agree with you. And I think that that's something that it's so important for grandparents and other relatives to hear is is the fact that what they're providing, like you said, is that security. It's that roof over their heads. But it's what kids who are raised in grand families report. They feel like they're loved. They feel like they know where their roots are, that they have brothers, they have sisters, that they're connected to the past. And we know that that's so important in really raising a healthy child. So good for big mama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was good. And crazy. Still crazy, though. I mean, very crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I know that I know you learned a lot about finance from her, but I know that your life is also full of service, that you're very involved with your church, your community, that you've raised three successful children. So talk a little bit about some of the other lessons that you learned from Big Mama. I think the thing that she gave me most is that you just have to keep trying no matter what and not be a product of your past. So even though my mom and my dad just abandoned me and all this crazy bad stuff happened, she just was always just do your best. That's the thing. She always wanted us just to be our best at whatever it is that we wanted to do. So she never tried to push us in any particular way. But if you're going to do something, do it with excellence. Our grandmother was all about excellence, even just washing clothes. Do it at the best of your ability. And that lesson just for me, I try to do that in my life. But the other thing that she taught me most was just giving back. I mean, I don't think people can appreciate what it what it means to take in a child. You've now raised your children, good or bad, whatever you did. Maybe you were a great parent, maybe you weren't, but nonetheless, you've done. Then make that decision to bring in another child or children. Some many grandparents are raising multiple grandchildren. That's huge. That means you are sacrificing a lot of your later senior years. And I then thought that once I became an adult, how could I not give back? Somebody gave up so much of her free time, her life, to raise me, and I just want to do that and be that for somebody else. And so from the time I can remember at 14, I've always been in community service. I used to be a part of a program where we took your dog to a nursing home and did tutoring and now you know financial literacy because I just remember the sacrifice my grandma made for me, and I, how could I not 
return that to the community or to life. So I can't, it can't just be about me. I feel like I'm fairly successful in my career, but that can't be all. I mean, that would mm-hmm. not be nearly enough for me. And a lot of people would be. I mean, arriving at the Washington Post, that's like the pinnacle of people's careers. But even though I'm very grateful to be at this wonderful newspaper that is Pulitzer's every year, but the thing that I appreciate most is what my grandmother taught me is giving back, and that's my husband and I work in prisons trying to help and reentry programs for inmates, and we teach financial literacy at our church, and we spend time with couples helping them with their money. And all of that stems from what I learned from my grandmother in terms of self-sacrifice to help others. And it directly linked to her because she saved me. And what would I look like not using this life that she gave me to help other people? I think that's so wonderful. I love hearing that you were involved with an intergenerational program when you were younger, too. I think that's terrific. But it's also, it's so wonderful, Michelle, because you do have such an incredibly busy life, both you and your husband, but I know that you always make time. And I think that means so much, and that's such just a a wonderful lesson for everyone to think about and to learn, because we're always so busy doing, and sometimes we forget that it's there's a part of just living, too, that we need to do, and a part of that's giving back. So thank you. I also think about my mom has been gone for quite some time now, and there are times in my life where I think I want to turn around and tell her something that just happened, or I want her to be there to see something or to meet somebody. And I think about Big Mama, and I think about how proud she must have been of you. But is there some time that you wish that she had been there or something that you wish you could have shared with her? a lot of things. I was over in South Africa covering the first free elections in South Africa, and I was actually at Nelson Mandela's victory party, and I was like, oh, I would love to be able to tell my grandmother I'm in Africa again, this big front-page story on the post, and watching my children graduate, it would be so wonderful to have had her see them and them grow up and just enjoy that life. But you know, it's so interesting though. My grandmother would have never said way to go or like you go girl. So my grandmother was so humble and she did not like that kind of stuff. So the whole time she'd be like, don't you lose that job. (laughs) (laughs) You watch it, you watch it. (laughs) She would would not be patting me on the back. So she had this way to try to, I guess it was her way to keep you humble so she was not very effusive in her congratulations, although when she passed away at her funeral, all her friends would come up and say, oh, she talked about you all the time. I said, she did? What? <laughs> you know? Because she just, I guess she always just wanted us to stay grounded. And so even though I got this full scholarship and then I got the job at the Baltimore Sun and then the Washington Post and all these things, because even when I got the job at the Post, you know what I mean? Like, the Post. And my grandmother was like, I think you should just stay at the, the local, you know, Baltimore Sun Media. Why are you jumping ship? You just should be lower to the paper. She just was like, you know, that's not a big thing. That was so funny. Most people get a job at the Washington Post and New York Times. Like, their parents were like, ah. She was like, I don't know. You should just stay right here in Baltimore. <laughs> and I think it was her way to say, I knew that she was proud, but I think she always just wanted me to have be humble because I think she always felt like any of this stuff can be taken away. And so that you always have to operate in a way that it's great that these things are happening, but it's not the most important thing in life. And just being a good person and helping is what should be your core. So it's ironic that you asked me that because she wouldn't be effusive with me, but I knew that she would be proud. So I always kind of laugh because I'm getting this huge 
journalism award. And I know if I told her, she'd be like, mm-hmm, but you better make sure you don't put yourself <laughs> Did you do the laundry? <laughs> you know, and, and she would not let me rest on any of my laurels. And that's okay, though, because it just makes me real. Like, oh, this is really cool. I work for the post, but it's so much more important thing. You know, and she did such a great job because you are, you're so grounded and you're so real and just aware of what you've been able to accomplish, but also that things can change in an instant. I remember when the Obamas moved into the White House and Mrs. Robinson, the grandmother, came with them talking with somebody and saying her role as the first grandmother is make sure that those girls stay grounded because they're going to be around some incredible experiences. But the grandmother is always going to make sure that they say do your homework and that they do the things that are important. And your big mama did that so well. I think that's a good role of grandparents. They can enjoy and love on the kids and be proud of them, but just make sure that they stay grounded. You can do that from that next step back as a grandparent. I hope to do the same thing for my grandchildren, be their rock and steady, but just always keep them humble. Right. That's a great thing to think about because you've done such a terrific job. I had the good fortune of meeting one of your daughters and was so impressed with her. So I, you've done such a great job that look out, next generation, they're going to have a, their own big mama there. <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, my husband and I, Our wish for our children has always been that they be good people, not what kind of careers, not making a bunch of money, not being in a particular job. But let your footprint on this earth mean something, like leave a legacy. And for us, that's giving back. One of my kids wants to be a teacher, a special ed teacher. I'm just through the roof about that. I think that is just an amazing choice to say, I want to work with children who have disabilities. Because a lot of people won't want to do that because they know they're not going to make a whole bunch of money. But she knows she's going to make a difference. And the daughter you met, Olivia, she got her master's in social work. So she wants to be a social work working with children. Even my son, who is in STEM, which everybody's like, oh, you got to be in STEM and science, technology, math. But he also wants to do something to create something that will make a difference in the world. So his area that he wants to look into is creating something or you're making sure that he builds something that, that makes life easier for people. That's wonderful. So that sense of that commitment and that, that understanding why service is so important. So many of the lessons that you learned from Big Mama lived on through you and through your children, and I'm sure that you'll definitely be transmitting those to your grandchildren. So it's wonderful. So, Michelle, is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't think to ask you today? I think we covered a lot, but, you know, I just, you know, if I just speak directly to, first of all, every grandparent that is taking a grandchild, kudos to you, because I've got three of my own now, and I'm not even sure I would do it. As great kids they are, oh, my Lord, raising children is hard. So just to make that selfless decision, you have to be an incredible human being Mm -hmm. to just say, especially in your later senior years, to say, I'm going to take this challenge on and also create an atmosphere where lots of grandparents, it's not even like they're their grandparents, they're their parents. Yeah, to talk about my grandmother with that word, but I never thought of her as my grandmother. She was my mother. She was my father. She was my aunt and my uncle, all encompassing. And that's just an incredible thing for them to be doing. And just know that you change the legacy and the trajectory of a child when you take them in and you give them a loving home and just work on doing that. I mean, I know it can be very frustrating. It can be very overwhelming. But just do the best that you can with what you have and just give them a lot of love and support. And you will change not just their lives, but the people they touch. 
I think that's such a wonderful message, Michelle. And it reminds me a little bit of LL Cool J's song. I'm not sure if you've heard or not, but LL Cool J was also raised by his grandmother, who he called Big Mama. And her wish before she, when she was very ill and in the hospital, she asked him if he would please write a song that she could listen to. And so he wrote, actually, a song in tribute to her and actually a whole CD called Big Mama Unconditional Love. And very, very similar to what you were talking about with your your own Big Mama. So so let's hear it indeed for the grandparents and the other relatives that are stepping up and taking care of our country's children. We're all better off because of them. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing with our listeners a little bit about your life, your writing, and the wonderful stories about Big Mama. I did want to remind our listeners that thank you for joining us today. Thanks to Michelle. Soon this fall, we'll be releasing our next State of Grand Families report, which is going to come out in the fall 2019, and it's going to be focused on housing needs of grandparents and other relatives raising children, because that is a huge, huge burden for many of our grandparent caregivers. We're looking forward to future shows and hope that you'll be joining us. Be sure to let us know what you'd like to hear on this show. And be sure also to leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcast and other streaming platforms that you listen to. So once again, thank you. Remember, if you don't have somebody younger in your life, find somebody. And if you don't have anybody older in your life, find somebody. Because we are stronger together. So thank you, Michelle. And thanks, everyone. Talk to you next time.